You're listening to Run, R-U-N, Revive Us Now podcast with Steve Gray. As pastor of the Smithton Outpouring and the Kansas City Revival, Steve is a leading voice of revival worldwide. Steve shares his life-changing encounters with God, along with biblical teaching that equips you to experience and lead lasting revival. Come, run with Steve and expect God to revive us now. Well, hello and welcome. I'm your host, Steve Gray, here at RUN, Revive Us Now podcast. And I'm so glad you decided to run with me today and learn all that we can about revival. We're going to talk about all kinds of things. Every time we come on the air, we're going to talk about revival. And that's been my life for so many years, involved with revival, teaching revival, traveling the world, talking about revival and what revival is. And we have a lot of great things going on in the world that uh, right now I hear about a fire revival here and something happening there. And that's all great. You know, we have, uh, we have times when uh, the worship is up and the people are dancing and we hear uh, healings are going on and people are being healed and people are being saved. Great stuff. The only problem with it is where do we put the people after they get saved? What do we do with people after they get healed? And that's the same problem Jesus faced in his day because he's going around, he's healing, he's delivering, and and, uh, people are being touched by the Spirit of God. But then when he went into the temple, then there was trouble. He said, this isn't right. My house... My, my temple, my house is supposed to be a house of prayer, and it's not. It's a den of robbers and thieves, and so he had to correct that, and that's the big battle that we have today, and realizing that, you know, America's future now is in our hands. A lot of people wonder, what's going on? Well, if you're a, if you're a Christian, you're a believer, if you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you've got a lot more uh, to do with what's going on that maybe you know. So we have the future of America, America. And in fact, if you're from another country, even listening to this, the future of your country is in your hands or our, our hands. And so that's why we're going to talk about revival. And what it is, is revival is when God wakes up his own people. It's when life comes back into the church, into his own people, because we got to have a place, no matter how many people get saved, we got to have a place to put them. Where do they go after they're saved? Where do they go after they're healed? Where do they go after they experience the things of God? And, and so we've got to solve that as the believers and need to have a revival of God's people. You know, um, Jesus, when he preached, he preached a lot of sermons, said a lot of things. Do you, do you, you realize he didn't, he didn't really talk to Pontius Pilate? He didn't say, hey, Pilate, I got a sermon for you. If Pilate would just change, if Pilate would get it right, if Rome would get it right, if, if the governments, you know, that was ruling over them, if the Roman government would get it right, we'd get it right, we'd be all fine. His sermons were directed to his own people, and they were supposed to repent and turn to God, and that was going to heal the land. We're going to learn more about that because I know you, you want to heal the land. You want to see things of God uh, happen. And so we need, I guess what we could call a revival of religion beginning uh, at first, and yet we don't want to get religious, but we need a revival. We need people to start realizing that the things of God are what we need are going to save us. And, and so we don't want to confuse a great awakening. See, a great awakening is when Ordinary folks begin to wake up to God. We need that. But then once they wake up, what do you do with them? They need to be discipled and trained. That's why we have a church, a church to, so they can go to churches. And so, and so uh, 
we want to follow the Jesus pattern. A lot of people are preaching a lot of things, you know, and it's all good stuff. But what was the Jesus pattern to change a nation? See, he wanted to change Israel. I want to see our America come around to God, don't you? And so how, what, what was the Jesus pattern? Jesus pattern was to go to the people of God and tell them to repent and tell them how they needed to change. Tell them how they could be filled with the Spirit. He said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, and I'm going to do these great things. And then the Spirit of the Lord is going to come on you, and you're going to do great things. So this is the, the, a little bit different course when we begin to realize that Jesus didn't become political. I do not plan on becoming political anyway. You know, for instance, you know, I, I grew up uh, barely remembering, I'll put it that way, uh, when we had prayer in school. And there was a big hoopla for years and years, and, and even recently, like, we're going to get prayer back in the schools, okay? Well, I remember when prayer was in school, and it was, a, it was good. It was okay, I, but I also get it that a lot of people don't want to pray in the school. I don't think the school was made for prayer. And so then when, when prayer was taken out of the school, we had all kinds of people rising up, and they're all upset. And I thought, well, why don't you just take your kids to Sunday school then? We pray in Sunday school. Ah, oh, but see, there was the thing. They got all upset that prayer was taken out of the schools, but then they didn't take their kids to church. We got a church. Church is made for prayer. We need to get the church back to where people are turning to the things of God and church comes to their, uh, to their mind. So we've got to begin to realize that everything is spiritual. Everything is spiritual, all right? That starts with the spirit. So our topic today, we're going to talk about how to change a nation, how we're going to change our nation, how this nation or whatever nation you're from really rests in the hands of the Christians, the spirit people, the people of the spirit. Everything is spiritual. So let's look how the Jesus pattern was. So let's talk about it. So in, in Jesus day, what were they having? Did you know they had riots? Do we have riots in our day? Yeah. Did they have riots in Jesus' day? Yeah. Did they have protests? Are you kidding me? Every day, every day there was some kind of protest in Jerusalem way back then, and uh, they had uh, against the Roman occupation. Now, you, you know about the crucifixion. You know Jesus was crucified. Well, you know they say there were two thieves crucified and and maybe you heard about Barabbas he when Jesus was being crucified said I'll give you one you know we can trade and they said give us Barabbas and called him a robber or 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 whatever well if you study the history Barabbas was a rebel and he rebelled against Rome and so he probably would have been crucified but on that day Pilate said I I'll give you a, a prisoner as a gift and they said, well, give us Barabbas. The, the people on the cross on each side of Jesus most likely were rebellious rebels, rioters, or those planning uh, to, to rise up against Rome. And, and so uh, that's the day that Jesus lived. There was corruption in the government. There was corruption with the Romans. There was corruption with the Pharisees um, and, and the Roman officials and trading of money back and forth. I mean, it was very similar to some of the things we see. So they had riots. Um, and, and, and the point I was making when you hear about crucifixion, that's what they, they crucified rebels revolting. And so they accused Jesus of being one of those rebels and that he was going to tear down the temple. And, 
and uh, cause riots. And so, and so that's how Rome got involved to be able to crucify him. But anyway, it's very, very similar. So Rome was there. They occupied. There were riots. There were protests. And then Jesus turned and preached a sermon to the folks who were going to the synagogue. People who believed in God. He began to do that. And listen to what he said. Here's what he said. Now, this is from Luke. Um, it says, as he approached Jerusalem, he wept over it and said, if you, even you had only known, if you'd only known what would bring peace. So apparently they didn't know. They didn't know. Now they could have known. And there was a time when they should have known. But by this time it was too late because he says, but now it's hidden from your eyes. In other words, they had opportunity to be visited by God, to have the presence of God, to have things happening of God and accept it. But their hearts were hardened and they didn't go for it. So he said, now it's hidden from your eyes. And because of that, now listen what happens when the people of God get blinded. Because these were the people of God. These are the covenant people of God in that day. And when the people of God get blinded, guess what happens? Look what it says. The day will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment. See, this is what happens. When the people of God lose touch with God, when they get blinded, when they turn, when their hearts get cold, when they become correct, when re corrupt, when religion becomes corrupt. You remember uh, the Pharisees, you know about them. Um, one of the biggest problems they had was they loved money. You know, in my book, uh, My Absurd Religion, I've got a big chapter on how religion today in America is so run by and influenced by, by money. And so they love money. They love to be seen of people. They love to have the best seats in the house, you know, and that's what was going on. Well, this was so blinding that Jesus said, here's what's going to happen. Your enemies are going to take over. You're opening the door to your enemies when you get hypocrisy. And he did say, beware of hypocrisy. Religion was full of hypocrisy. And you open the door when it's corrupt, when there's, when there's hypocrisy. You open the door to your enemies. And that's what he said is going to happen. Your enemies are going to come. And it's going to get you, and gets the worst part about it, you and your children. This is going to get you and your children. And uh, he said they're going to tear down Jerusalem. They're going to burn it down and tear it down, and it's going to be awful. And then he says, why? Listen, listen to this. They will not leave one stone on another because. Now, we need to listen. Anytime God says because, we need to listen. Because you, and who's you? The religious people. Now, he's not talking to the Pharisees. Uh, uh, well, the Pharisees, he's not talking to the Romans. He's talking to the religious people, whether it be teachers of the law, the Pharisees, the ordinary folks, whoever it is. Because you did not recognize the time of God's visitation or the time God coming to you, the time of your visitation. Now, this is the people of God. Now, would that work for us today? If God was trying to visit us today and our church leaders weren't paying any attention, nobody was paying attention, nobody cared, everybody was still just trying to raise money and you know, get more powerful, build their own kingdom, see how, how many followers they can get on, you know, on social media and just, you know, just off. And the messages are geared to how many clicks we can get. You know what I'm talking about? How many people we can get. If that all has been where we are and God's trying to get our attention, says, come back to me, come back to me, repent of your sins. Now we got a problem there too, because a lot of people 
preach repentance of sins and people then they begin to go through every sin they ever committed. But Jesus didn't do that. He said, repent for the kingdom of God is here. So what was the sin they were committing? They're being visited by God. They're being visited by the by kingdom stuff and they're not interested. Yet for centuries, they told God they would. They said, you come, God, you ever, you know, it'd been pretty quiet for about 400 years till Jesus came along. And, you know, Mary's filled with the spirit and Elizabeth's filled with the spirit and, the, and, and all the spirit. And John the Baptist is full, full of the spirit. And people hadn't been filled with the spirit. It'd been quiet and, um, for 400 years or so. And all of a sudden, the action starts and the visitation starts and the spirit starts. And for hundreds of years, they said, God, if you ever do it again, we'll be here. We'll be on the spot. We'll give you our full heart. Then there he was. And remember the, what Jesus taught? He said, he used the parable and he said, some came and says, well, you know, I just bought some oxen. I need, I'd like to help, but I got this new oxen. Or I just bought this car, and and I want to, and I got to try it out. I just got married, and I need, you know, I I gotta get, I gotta get my marriage together. I get my marriage together, and then I'll I'll be around then. And they said the guy said I just got married. My father died. You know, they had all these excuses of why they could not give themselves to the visitation that was upon them. And so what the result was is not good. He says, listen, you're being visited. You had a chance to see. You had a chance to hear. But now the result will be you're going to open, you've opened the door to your enemies and they're going to come. You open the door to them, they'll come because this is all spiritual and they open their doors to spiritual enemies. And once that spiritual enemy was open, because, you know, he'd, he'd turn to these religious leaders and he'd call them snakes and vipers and he'd tell them their father's the devil and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, but, but the result was enemies are going to get you. That's why I'm speaking to you today about the need for a true move of God. And the people of God are holding this in their hands. The spiritual people have the opportunity because everything's spiritual. So if we turn with our whole heart, cry out, I need to be revived. I'm not telling you that that group or that lifestyle or that government or that president, whatever, nothing. The people of God turn and say, God, you're visiting your own people so that we have a place to put the new people. When they get healed, they get saved, they get delivered. Where do you put them? You put them in, in a church with a bunch of revived people on fire for God, where God is visiting his own people. Then we get the people that are not his people saved and they get visited by God too. And that's how Jesus was trying to make it work. But he said, you're not listening. You're being visited by God and the religious leaders and the system just wouldn't, just wouldn't pay attention. And, and so he said, Here's what happens then. Get it. You're, you open the door to your enemies. Now, our enemy's not Rome, obviously. We're not occupied by Rome, but we have a lot of spiritual enemies. And how about this? You got all kinds of people trying to determine how this pandemic happened. How come it's this way? What? Now we're wearing masks and we're, we can't go out. We don't have sports. We what happened just a year ago? You know, we were <clears throat> living life. What happened? Well, you know what a pandem pandemic is. You know what this COVID is. It's an enemy. 
It's not your friend. <laughs> you know that. Hadn't been your friend economically. Some of you are hurting financially. Some of you, your churches are hurting financially. Some of your ministries, you couldn't. <clears throat> all of a sudden, all these evangelists, you know, you say, we want to get people saved. Well, they couldn't travel. Churches were closing. I know churches right here in the greater Kansas City area where, where we are, are closed. Uh, because of, Now, was that God's will to close these churches? <clears throat> was it God's will to cause uh, ministries to shut down and they can't travel? They can't get on a plane or go to some country? Or, Of course not. So COVID became not just an enemy of our country, but it became an enemy of the spiritual move of God because it shut us down. And all of a sudden we're being told, you know, what we can do and how we can, well, in our church, you know, you have to wear a mask. It's really hard to pray for people because it's really hard when you want to get close and have a great prayer time with somebody and you have to stay six feet away. Will prayer work? Yeah, it'll work. But people's faith drops because they like that laying on of hands. They like that nearness. They like you right up to them when they pray and they stand at six feet apart. So what happens is the enemies then come in. And that's what's happened. But wait a minute. There's other things, too. You know, I heard a I heard a news guy the other day. We just went through all this cold thing. You know, well, we had a winter record. We've never had a winter like this. And and uh, then I remember what was a year or two ago, all the hurricanes, one after another. We've never had a hurricane season like it, where it's all record breaking. And all of a sudden, weather can uh, become an enemy to us because it hurts us economically and it, uh, well, just everything that's going on with it. So the answer is what? Recognize, first of all, God wants to visit us. He will visit us. It is the hour of visitation. See, all these other things that are happening that are disturbing, whether they be riots or something happened in the Capitol or or you don't like the laws, or you don't like politically what's happened, or you do like politically, or the pandemic, or the economy, whatever, whatever, uh, are all just symptoms, are all symptoms that are in the hands of the people of God. What God, what is God's will? God wants a major visitation on our nation and other nations, on the world. That's it. He wants a major visitation. He wants to be recognized. He wants people to want him. And right now we've got people distracted. They're not sure. And this pandemic, I mean, churches closed or we had to stay home and stream, you know, or whatever online. And now <laughs> people are getting used to sitting at home in their easy chair with watching on TV or on their on their iPad or whatever. And so they start out watching church and then they go, well, I didn't finish that movie last night. I, well, it was good. I, I watched church for a little bit. Now I'm going to go finish my movie. And it's just they've never had this this lifestyle before we got to decide what we want. We got to put the kingdom of God first and decide if we're going to do it or not. So as Jesus goes along, then he begins to teach him. And he says, listen, don't be like this. This is where you're going to go wrong. And you remember he said to uh, the, the, the 10 maidens and that and five of them had oil and five of them ran out of oil in the middle of the night. Remember that? And then we had those he gave gold to, he gave money to, and he said, go, Make something happen with what I've given you. And two of them did, and the other third one buried it into the ground. And then he said, look out, sheep and goats. He said, watch out how you're treating other people. So he's telling them all these things. So he's saying, look, here we are. I want to visit you. Don't be foolish and be a believer with no oil, no oil of the Holy Spirit. You're just dead and dry. Do something about it. Don't be caught without oil. 
don't, don't take the money or the talents or the abilities and squander it on something else here while I want to visit you. I want you to use your talents, your ability, your strength for the kingdom of God. Don't do that. Don't treat other people like you don't want to be treated because you'll do, you'll reap what you sow. Eventually people start treating you that way. Don't treat people that way. You don't be like an old goat. So he's telling them all these things saying, don't do those things because I want to visit you. So no matter what anybody else does, we want a visitation in America. We want a visitation in our city. We want a visitation in our church. But if it gets right down to it, if you got to do it, just make sure you get a personal visitation. I've been doing that, spending extra time just searching and seeking for Jesus. After doing it all these years, I'm still saying, Jesus, I want you more than I want anything else. I want to meet you. I want to know Christ. I want to know you, Lord. And I'm just going down to ground level saying, I see the circumstances of our world. I see the anger. I see the trouble. I see the disunity. I see all the problems. But I got to come up with an answer. I want an answer. Anybody can see the problems. What's the answer? Well, I think, I think the people of God can turn this thing. The people of God cry out for a visitation. Then when you get a visitation... Presence and power of God, it's so, it's, it's, it's so wonderful. It's so good. Now we can go over and persuade other people, come on in and get some of this renewal. Let's get some of this life. Get some of this power. Get some of this refreshing. So as we are here talking about running for revival, run for revival, God, will you revive us today? Yes, he will. But we got to know this is the hour when he will visit us. He will visit your church. And if nothing else, he'll visit you. But we got to understand change, survival, and turning back the enemy, whatever it is, is in the hands of of the believer, believer. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray that the eyes of our understanding be open. Don't let this be hidden from our eyes like it was them until the enemies just increase and increase. But deliver us, cause us. Lord, we need to be hungry for you so we can serve you and run. Are you in? Revive us now, God, because we are hungry for revival. Hello, this is Steve Gray, and now I'm saying goodbye from the Run Revival Network. And you check us out next time on podcast. And would you tell your friends, you tell your friends to check out Are You In Run with Steve Gray and tell them we want revival in our nation. Don't miss this broadcast. This guy, he's been around, he's done revival, and he's going to teach us everything he knows until we get revival in the land. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Revive Us Now podcast with Steve Gray. Push the subscribe button so you don't miss an episode and spread the word on social media. For more episodes and resources, go to reviveusnowpodcast.com. Until next time, keep on running for revival.